I'm doing great, Kyle. Thanks for asking. You know, it's uh, it's always a challenge out here in the corner of uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, trying to get the internet to work great. But it's here we are, and we have made it, and we're gonna we're gonna power through. Um, but it's a uh, it's a good week, a good day to watch with Sonar. No, it's, it's always a good day. I mean, we we give ourselves maybe a little bit too much credit, right? Like we're like we're somehow <laughs> the 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 superheroes of Freightwaves TV, uh, and I'm sure we are. But uh, but no. So what are you? How how you been, man? I mean, let's let's uh, let's sit back a little bit. Let's get comfortable today and talk about the freight markets. I mean, seems like there's okay. a lot of well, different perspectives out there, and and so give us yours. I think there's something very important we're skipping over first before we get to that, and that's the fact that Bitcoin today broke its all-time high of around the sixty-five thousand dollar mark, and it's now in the sixty-six thousand and change mark. As we talk here right now, or at least it was when I checked right before the show, it's around 66,400 or Um, So very, very important, you know, and the reason why that's important is obviously um, I know a lot of owner ops and small carriers who are trading cryptocurrencies. So I figure it's actually somewhat relevant to the industry, but also more importantly is Bitcoin is reaching new highs and it looks like the demand for truckload volume is continuing to reach new highs as well. And as we go into the Q4 here, it's appropriate. Bitcoin's reaching a new high in Q4, and it seems like demand for truckload volume might hit a new high as well as we get down here into the end of Q4. It'll be interesting to see. Time will tell. You know who 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 breaks their all-time high the most. We'll find out. But it's uh it's an exciting time. And personally, I think there's gonna be a continued crunch. The question will be: will carriers are they able to take on that extra demand? And even if they can around the holiday time, are they going to want to with how much money they have been making this whole year? Do they have a need to work you know, around Christmas or around Thanksgiving? Maybe they will, but we'll find out. Who knows? Maybe they'll make just be making so much money this year that they're like, you know what? I had a great year. I'm going to be Luke over here on the Sonar sales team. I'm just going to take off the month month of December. And and so maybe that is definitely a possibility. I don't think so. I don't I think it's doubtful just because rates are going to be so high and I mean that's our expectation for December rates are going to just be significantly or at least within 10% higher of of where they are today. Um but so with Bitcoin, so given Luke, I, I'm no Bitcoin guy. You try to get me into into crypto, you're no advisor. No one take Luke's word for granted. But why do you think Bitcoin hit a pop? Had a little pop today. Listen, you know there's a number of things here, right? So Bitcoin hit its high of around sixty-five thousand last uh, April, I believe it was beginning of April. That was when you started to see a lot of Elon Musk tweets going on, combination of efforts, right? Um, but also um, now that he's kind of t- come out of the background here, you're start, there's a lot of events that have led up to this point. There's not a single point, right? So you've got a lot of a lot of companies that have added Bitcoin onto their balance sheet. Tesla is probably one of the biggest names. MicroStrategy has added on a lot recently, actually a couple billion dollars worth. PayPal, Square have all added. There's been a lot, you know, more uh, Goldman Sachs recently added the trading desk for Bitcoin on one of their trading floors. So, you know, there's a lot of elements there. Most recently, the first Bitcoin's Bitcoin futures ETF just launched um, actually this week. I believe it was yesterday was its first trading day. 
Um, so that was launched, I believe, by ProShares um, and uh, approved by the SEC. And there's going to be some more Bitcoin ETF futures that will launch in in the uh, in the future as well. Pun absolutely intended. So I think you have a, 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 a lot of those factors. Plus, oh, also one of my favorite one, El Salvador. They actually earlier this year made Bitcoin. They're the first country to do this. They're official, uh, an official legal tender. So they use the U.S. dollar as one of their legal tenders. So now Bitcoin's also a legal tender. So they have two legal tenders. It would be the equivalent of the United States making Bitcoin legal tender and still keeping the U.S. dollar as their main currency. So they would use Bitcoin as like a reserve currency or something like that. Um, but anyways, so it's a combination of all those effects. So you know, it's you're, you just you have demand just is outpacing supply and the price goes up, right? We've seen the exact same thing with truckload rates. Demand has outpaced supply. Therefore, rates have gone up. Right. No, exactly. And another piece, if anyone's kind of been watching or reading some of our editorial pieces on our website, freightways.com, you know, you probably came across a Greg Miller article. I mean, chances are, if you have, you know, a couple brain cells between those years, you came across that guy. And because he just writes such a great um from a great perspective, but it's always from the maritime piece, which right now seems to be the scariest side. And and so yeah. he, he just posted something uh, yesterday. And he he's reporting that there's approximately twenty two billion dollars worth of cargo now stuck on a container on a ship at anchor out in the Bay of California. Say so that put, number. I remember. Yeah, remember when we were talking about the the vessel that got stuck in the was it the Suez Canal? And we were just talking yeah, about how out. much, how much uh, volume or how much dollar amounts. It was it, again hundreds of billions of dollars worth of inventory that was just getting backlogged because of that. I mean, this is just another bottleneck that you know is going to continue to hurt us. But I don't know if it's going to hurt the trucking market as much as we think. No, I, I don't think that it will. Um, you know, twenty-two billion is obviously a lot. It's not. It's not nothing. It's absolutely nothing to kind of you know stiff your nose at. I mean. You know, the it, the U.S. truckload market spends approximately 450 to 500 billion dollars on just domestic truckload transportation movements. Right. You add in LTL, you add in, you know, uh, some of these you know private fleets. Uh, that number is even higher. Uh, I believe that's mainly just the four higher fleets It's around 450 million and change. Um, but that's a lot of spend. So that's just the spend for truckload. And then you figure the cargo is worth significantly more than that. So you're moving trillions of dollars worth of goods in a year. So $22 billion just to be stuck off the coast. Will it be felt? Maybe it will at a very local level briefly, but with how much freight there is from all over the place, I don't. I think it's going to be relatively in, inconsequential. Now, that being said, I think consumers might feel that actually more so in, in probably the isolated situations for where that freight is, or the shippers who need that freight might experience some isolated problems. Um, if that number continues to expand and maybe starts to happen at other ports, then we might see a, a much greater trickle down effect. Um, but either way, $22 billion off the, off the coast report, that's not the way it's, it's intended to be. So it is definitely a challenge. No, definitely. And I think this is probably a good point to, to start with our first chart of the show, which is going to look at our national ban volumes or demand. And and so we put this on a lot. I mean, it, it just it says exactly what you need to know. And, and so 
when we start thinking about that, one additional piece of sentiment that I wanted to bring up from the, from the article that Greg Miller wrote as well is going to be that since September 1st, uh, as on September 1st, the days waiting for uh, ships at anchor in LA was about eight, just under eight days. Right now, it is pushing 13 days. So understanding that, how okay. How annoying that would be if you were, if you were a worker on the ship, how annoying would that be? I mean, I, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder if they just get off their buoy, like get, get off, they have a small ship or something that they go and they just go inland. <laughs> they just go hang out for a couple of days or if uh, they just hang out on the ship and just twiddle their thumbs, let's play some solitaire or something. No, that's, that's definitely yeah. something that, you know, to your point, I think the delays, it is going to be more on a local level. Um, I mean, I can only imagine if Luke and Kyle were stuck on a ship for 13 days, what would we do? Let's be honest, the ship would probably be at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> right? But, like, uh, like I mean, what, what, do you, what do you do? It's like you, you're stuck there. I was actually talking to a shipper that was a lot of their suppliers. There's now new agreements going in place where they're like putting in guarantees. Like if it doesn't almost like like OTIF, like you have these chargeback programs. And, and so there is now some chargeback programs going into effect for uh, suppliers of these manufacturers that are okay. Well, if we don't get it on these shelves this, this by this day, then I'm not paying for it. And I can only imagine how how that's going to react. I mean, that's probably going to cause air cargo to start spiking up like it is already. Um, but if we bring the back to the point of of the chart, so what we were looking at was demand, um, and so we were looking at it on a historical basis. And and so on that chart, guys, if you want to throw it up one more time for me. Um, we can see that last year, right about this time, is when we started to see the increase. I mean, you, you see that right in the yep. uh, right as we get in towards the middle of October, where we're at. You know, that pretty much all the way through year. until the yeah, pretty much all the way through until the beginning of December. There, you see that yellow line on the right kind of starts this right. this curve up. I mean, look at that pattern. Pretty much since the middle to end of this of September, it's been the exact same pattern as it was this time last year. So I mean that that yeah. should we should should start to see the the bump up. The question is, do we ramp up that higher or not? Does demand, does truckload tender volume surpass where it was this time last year? And that was an all time high since we've been measuring this index there. Uh, I think I think that's right right like the day before Thanksgiving. I think that is or right around Thanksgiving is where that that last spike is right. before the drop with uh, the holiday. So. Um, be it, no, this is a great indicator of, of where, and, and a lot of this is really driven by driving, driving and leading the pack right now when it comes to demand. Um, so it, it's definitely, definitely interesting right now to see that. Now, what, what I think is, is going to be, you know, you know, impactful is, you know, and, and this, this could potentially be where the truckload market could be impacted, right? If that cargo that's off the coast there. If that cannot get off the ships fast enough, transload it onto trucks fast enough, if that does happen in more ports, if it does start to increase in the amount that it's happening, we could potentially see a decrease in volume if those shippers don't have the goods to actually ship, right? right. Or to tender out to their carriers. So that will be a definite contender to keep an eye on if that continues, then it could impact that number i guess kyle what have you been hearing much from shippers lately in any of your conversations have any of them expressed concerns of that happening shipping can make or break a sale so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. 
They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Um, so one did. So, I mean, there's a couple, there, there's two guys. So the people that are proactive are trying to set up agreements. I think they're being proactive with what these agreements are being these chargeback programs. Hey, if, if, if we're not able to get these goods here in time, like what are our options? Because I mean, we're, we're in the business of making money and I don't want to lose all this, all this money here. And so, and, and, and the, those productions, that's the cheapest part of the, of, of what we have, of what those companies have to offer. So um, a lot of companies, so that, that's very, that's like a minority of companies that I think are actually thinking like that. But yep. from the majority, I think they're all like, you know, sitting on a prayer. There's, you know, no. they're sitting with Bon Jovi over there, just hoping that, oh God, like we're, hopefully it gets in. And then if so, we're going to need some team drivers. We're going to need some, we're going to have to just go directly from these, uh, from the boxes. It's going to be transloaded and it's going to go directly to the Walmart and, you know, Fort Worth of wherever the destination is. So I think they're just preparing that we're all going to get screwed here and hopefully that they have their jobs by the end of the year. So that's kind of the sentiment that I'm, I'm getting from some of the people I talk to. I'm going to be honest. I zoned out there for the last 30 seconds because pretty much as soon as you said Bon Jovi, I now have living on a prayer stuck in my head and I can't get it out. Whoa, so. Living on a prayer. Take my freight off of that vessel. Oh, yeah. There oh. we go. There we go. We don't, get hey, cop- we don't get copyright infringement if we just sing it, right? If I well, I changed the words, so technically it's not the song. It's true. Um, what is it? What, what did I learn in like English class in high school or something? Or it's like five. There's only so many words you can say the same in a row before it's considered plagiarism. It's like five or six or something like that. So you just got to change everything. Right. Six hey, words. and all we have to do, Luke, is not actually use videos from the Olympics, and I think we're good. I mean, that was the worst thing that happened a couple months ago. Luke over here posted. (laughs) (laughs) Our guy, Kevin Hill, came in real quick and said, hey, uh, guys, never do that again, please. Um, Yeah. I'm like, what's the uh, matter? You don't want to go toe-to-toe with NBC? Right? There's there's a tiny little indie startup. They got nothing on us. Come on. We're freight waves. NB who? Yeah, exactly. Never heard of her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're, they're a bunch of nobodies. Anyways, you know what? Let, let's dive in here. You know, we're talking, we're talking real macro here. Let's get down to the micro level here. Let's look at, let's look at some of these lanes here. I think we, we've got maybe the Dallas market we're, we're diving into a little bit today. Let's see what we got there. I want to look at some charts. I want to look at some fancy colors. Oh, there's the fancy oh. colors. Look at that. Okay. I'm going to talk about whatever's going on here on the left because I don't know. It just, it, it speaks to me. It speaks to me. So, so. Kyle, Dallas is kind of like the jewel or the of the freight market of Texas. I mean, it's it's the biggest it's the biggest freight market in Texas for starters, from an outbound yep. perspective. Ships more freight outbound than any other market in that more than Fort Worth, more than Houston, more than Austin. It's the biggest. It, it's a contender for it's a big five market when you think of like uh, Ontario and Atlanta and Harrisburg, Chicago and L.A. Dallas is with those. Um, so it's massive and it's been a headhaul market most of the year. 
um, compared to some of the other markets in Texas, which are becoming more consumer markets or back home markets like Fort Worth and Houston and, and Austin, San Antonio. Um, so we're looking at this chart here on the left. There's a couple of things going on. The tender rejection rates out of Houston right now. I think Houston's kind of going against the grain a little bit of the of the general market. General market is beginning to kind of trend upward from its already elevated level. And it seems like Dallas almost might be starting to loosen a little bit. I do use that term loosen relative, right? It is relative to where Dallas has been. Um, it's not to say that it is loose, but it is, you know, that's the direction it's trending. Um, so like if you look at that blue line there on the bottom in the, on the left chart here, right, 18.93 is what you'll see is where that blue line is today. That's a tender rejection rate out of Houston, implying that approximately 19% of all loads being offered by shippers right now are being rejected or declined. So essentially, that's their spot market exposure right now. So the low, easy way to think about it is the lower that blue line goes, the easier it is for shippers to cover freight and the lower the price they'll pay. Higher that blue line goes, the higher the more they'll pay. The harder it is for them to cover freight. So basically, um, while Dallas is by no means low, it is starting to decline. I mean, we saw in July we were almost at thirty percent. Now we're closer to to eighteen percent. Um, and then that that orange line there is Dallas to Birmingham. We're going to look at the Birmingham market too. We're uh, also trending down at twenty two percent, a little bit higher than it is just for the overall Dallas market, but still trending in the same direction. Um, and then tender rejections out of Birmingham right now are at 27%. So Birmingham's much tighter than Dallas is right now. Also trending down, which is interesting. Kyle, what, what are your thoughts? Why do you think uh, Dallas is trending down? Why is it softening right now? It's, it's kind of going against the grain of the general uh, market. No, that's so true. And especially when you look at the chart on the right. So the chart on the right really just tells me that the volumes have been consistent. So demand's been kind of stable there for the past two and a half months. Um, you know, kind of yeah. peaked up there going into August, you know, we kind of hit that holiday there in September. And then, you know, kind of since, since that holiday, you know, we kind of been, uh, quite consistent, um, right about between, you know, 500 and, and 450 basis points. And so, yep. you know, what that tells me is that, you know, there is just an oversupply of, of, of trucks in that market. If that's causing more carriers to have to uphold, there's not a lot of optionality. So given that demand is staying consistent, that's really, you know, all I need to know is that, okay, well. Uh, I'm having my assets having to compete a little bit more in these markets, causing me to have to accept more of my contracted freight. And when you're accepting more of your contracted freight rate per mile is going down, you're seeing that across the board on the chart on the left. And so that's, that's really what, how it speaks to me. And, and on the one on the right, you know, we're seeing really the point of that was to kind of show that we're looking at volumes for Dallas and then volumes for Birmingham, you see how much of a Delta that is and how much more volume, um, because that's on an, on an actual so we're looking at, you know, what apples to apples comparison of just volumes in Birmingham versus volumes in Dallas. And there's just head of, I mean, look at that. I mean, that's 10x there, baby. I mean, I need that. Yeah. I need that 10x in my portfolio all day, every day. And oh, Bitcoin 10x. And exactly. Exactly. We were just talking about that. What, 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 uh, we'll talk about it later, but you were saying earlier to me today about how one of the, the Bitcoins or one of the cryptocurrencies were just shot up like significantly, yeah. like 600%. Um, yep. Just absolutely just skyrocketed. But so with all that in mind, you know, it's easy. It's it's easy. So brokers, when things are easy, get, it, get easier. I mean, what are they trying to do? They're trying to lift that roof up. They're trying to keep that, that shipper cost as high as they can, or at least consistent. And then we're trying to push down carrier costs as much as possible. 
So you know that's in the, in these kind of market conditions, that is the most leverage that a broker can have because they can they don't really have to change much to their shipper because they don't know. Hopefully, they don't know. Hey, if you're one of those shippers who don't know, you should probably give Luke and I a call, and we'll 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 drop some knowledge on you. We'll let you know who's who's really one of your partners. And, we'll help and you win so, some yeah, yeah, we'll help you win some bids. We'll we'll keep we'll keep that conversation. Hey, it's a two way street. You know, it's not just. I mean, hopefully, you know, when all this flips, that all these shippers don't just start firing all their brokers, <laughs> which might may or may not happen. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll see. So so that's the interesting point as well. So I know. All right, so we got about six more minutes here. So what 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 do we have next here? Let's since we're on Dallas, yep. let's talk about Dallas to Los Angeles. So the, so the next, Give us some more colors. There we go, red and yellow, perfect. And so, breaking down the the one on the left here, I'll I'll take that real quick since since I'm kind of on the high horse here. And and so, what we're looking at in blue is going to be the truckstop.com proud partner of of Sonar. They love our love our data. Um, Is their seven day van rate per mile, and this is for Dallas to Los Angeles. And then on the in the red is what we're looking at is the the van tender rejection index for Dallas. We're seeing, you know, really, again, what were we talking about? More carriers that are accepting their freight is going to cause rate per miles to go down. So what we're seeing, I mean, it's just right there, just looking at it's, it's another comparison that contract, just because you look at contract data sets like tender rejections, tender volumes that FreightWave supports and is proprietary to us, looking at someone like trucksop.com, who is a well-trusted load board service, you see the same thing. It's actually a leading indicator to what's actually happening. So, you know, again, yep. just more or less saying that that Dallas market is 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 not where you want to go for your truck. Sorry if I got loud in your ear for that for a little bit there, Luke. But that that's that's what that screams to me. Why don't you break down a little bit what we're seeing nope. on the right hand side? One hundred percent. You're absolutely correct, and and it's great to see the the red line there, which is where tender rejections are actually leading. They're a few days ahead of the, the truck stop rate. So you're absolutely correct. Stay. So Dallas is not your first choice. Not necessarily a bad market, but not your first choice if you're if you're um, if you're a truck, don't go to Dallas. There's better options. But yeah, charting on the right, on the right, you got uh, van uh, tenant rejection rates out of LA. So they're they're at about 17 and a half percent. So those have come down quite a bit. They used to be in the in the mid to high 20s. They've come down. They actually touched a low there of around 16 percent on the 12th of October. They're starting to creep back up there. Could be a good sign. So maybe that actually ha- potentially has to do with the congestion that is off the port. Hard to know. Uh, but it could be due, you know, maybe it's just not enough freight is flooding the market, uh, but also capacity has had time to catch up. Um, but it looks like uh, the leading indicator there as to why um, uh, why tender rejections are beginning to increase out of L.A., which means we should see a little bit of a, an increase in price, is that yellow line there. That's the that's the head haul index for driving and freight out of L.A. Basically, when that goes up, capacity goes down relative to how much demand there is. In other words, when the yellow line goes up, demand is outpacing capacity. Um, yeah, so it's a head home market and that's caused tender rejection to increase, which now we should see rates start to increase as well. Again, it's not a huge increase. You're not going to see rates probably see double digit percentage point increases, or at least you shouldn't across the board. There might be an isolated situation of that, but you should might see, it might see a little increase, you know, one, two, 3% perhaps. And, and that could happen for sure. Don't quote me on that one, two, 3%. You know, that's, oh, that's a, that's a, loop, that's a loop number there. Okay. That's a Luke. That's a Luke number. Listen, Brad Joel. That's a Luke number. Don't don't trust it. That's a, that's an RC yeah. special guarantee, baby. Um, no, so something that Listen. actually just popped into my head um, is going to be, you know, here's my hypothesis here for why maybe we're seeing so much contraction or not contraction because it's loosening. Why we're seeing so many 
uh, in the center of the country, Dallas being, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, right in the center. Um, why we're seeing more and more companies accept that freight is because the high paying loads are on the fringe. We're talking about the ports. I mean, it's what we were just talking about earlier. So because of the ports, um, maybe more carriers are accepting loads because they know that if they can just get freight out. So if we can just leave Dallas, go somewhere else, a lot of incoming, not a lot of, you know, great high paying outgoing. So, you know, I think that's probably why you're, we're starting to see more and more yes. of the Dallas market start to soften is because the the demand is not necessarily in the center of the country. It's what's coming into these ports and these boxes. So I, I would definitely keep a lookout for that. And that's probably, you know, don't quote me, Luke. <laughs> don't, don't, that's, that's a Kyle number right there. Um, so yeah. that, that's kind of hey, what I'm listen, on that. Listen, listen, okay. 19% of all of my numbers are 100% correct 50% of the time. Okay. You understand that? You understand what I'm trying to tell you? 60% of the time <laughs> it works every time. <laughs> 50% of the time works all the time. And then, and then 30% of the time it works none of the time. And then now we're just making things up. But anyways, we're right about at the end of the time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Of course, we're dropping much of knowledge bombs here. Just to summarize, we could see the market hit an all time high from a demand perspective. Dallas, not your first choice of your truck. If you're a carrier, or excuse me, if you're a broker, might be a good time to start trying to accept more freight from our shippers. You should be able to make a little bit more. And we won't see you next week, but we will see you the week after that. Have a good day.